Now, this is what Max is saying. We're losing time here, and, and now they're in for the undercut situation, aren't they? Ferrari puts on new tyres, and Red Bull, this is where Max needs to be pumping in his best stuff. Hello and welcome to a brand new episode of the Undercut Podcast. We're back in the nick of time to preview this weekend's Dutch Grand Prix. As ever, I am joined by my excellent co-hosts, Jesse Billington and Eddie May Taylor. How are you both? I'm doing all right, although I will take uh, pains to say that you say in the nick of time to preview this, it's almost like you're anticipating me being slow on the edit, which is fair, but it's annoying at the same time. It's, it's positive negative reinforcement for you to get more on it. Fair enough, I'll take it. Ellie May, how are you? I'm good, thank you. How are you? I'm all right, and I should have probably introduced myself as Team Albers Daily, just to make sure that everyone definitely knows who I am. Now that we've got that covered, we can move swiftly on into what the hell has happened, which, as we record this on Monday evening, straight after our Belgian Grand Prix review, isn't an awful lot. There is the possible news that, and it's bad that we have to say possible news because it's not yet confirmed, that after his little oopsie moment in Spa, Lewis Hamilton may face some kind of grid penalty for the Dutch Grand Prix due to some new power unit parts, which... I don't think will ultimately do too much damage to him. The Mercedes is better than most of the cars around him that he's fighting, so if it's Alpine and McLaren he's got to get past, that'll be straightforward enough, I reckon. So there's not really an awful lot else to say there unless you two have some kind of wild knowledge of Mercedes power unit components that you want to suddenly bring into the podcast. Well, we did see him struggle a bit when he was stuck in the midfield at Imola earlier on this season to a point that Max was... They've developed a lot since then. They've developed a lot since then, but we did see Max Verstappen lap him. And I don't know, I don't know if they will see it to the same extent, especially because of how tight the grid seems to stay at Zandvoort. But we could see him potentially struggle to make up as many places as we did when he had that pretty heroic drive at Brazil 2021. So, yeah, sort of jury's still out on that one. This is where we have an absolutely mega Dutch Grand Prix and we it's actually quite an exciting race. Which, yeah, George Russell gets his when first we look at our predictions in a minute, probably won't be the case. We've got predictions in for this. We do as well. Brilliant. Um, do. Which does lead what? us nicely into previously at the Dutch Grand Prix, which means we've probably got to hand over to Jesse. But he, it's going to edit around me and I'm going to be very annoying to just keep talking for a second. What I'm do you going want to, to edit say? around you because what I'm saying is if we're talking about editing things, uh, why don't we record this two ways? Why don't we record this one way, which is we congratulate Oscar Piastri on his new seat at McLaren and then we also do an alternate edit, which is commiserations to Oscar Piastri on not getting his seat at McLaren. Um, we look forward to seeing Stoffel van Dorn in the seat next year. And then whichever one happens by the time I get around to editing this, we put that one in. All right, we'll let it random then. So... What if neither happens? If neither happens, I go back then and... Then he doesn't edit it I in. I don't edit it in. It's just a waste. I do a really good impression waste of, of the Waste of my other, voice. It's, it's, I do a really good impression of the two of you and do a, a solo edit of it. <laughs> and we go from there. <laughs> so, the only other bit of news, which is... Probably what we should have headlined this with is that Oscar Piastri has been confirmed to join Lando Norris at McLaren, which, not a big surprise, but we're glad that that drama is finally over. Or, commiserations to Oscar Piastri on not getting that McLaren seat. It was a shame. I was looking forward to seeing how he performed against Lando Norris in uh, equal machinery. But there we go. It's uh, a very big well done to... for getting that McLaren seat in his place. Right, that concludes our uh, little news segment of what the hell has happened. And uh, we'll roll neatly into our uh, 
previously at the Dutch Grand Prix, which is uh, usually my little history segment, but plenty of chance for everyone else to interject with their own opinions as we go along. So, when did we last go to Zandvoort? 2021, for the first time since 1985, a big hiatus for the circuit on the calendar, and we went back last year. And uh, how did that pan out? Uh, hella bland, really. The corners are nice. The corners are nice. It looks great. Don't don't get me wrong. It looks like a fantastic circuit. If you're doing it in... And we get F2 this, this, there this year, so that'll be exciting. I reckon it's it'll be a lot more exciting in F2s. F1. Yeah. I, I reckon. F2 and F3, so... Yeah, I reckon the feeder series... 30 are... cars going around those bank corners. That's what we want. Yeah. I reckon the feeder series are going to prove more exciting than the F1 this year, especially because last year it was indeed hella bland, as my notes say. The race happened, which is the other bit my notes say. Only the top three weren't lapped. Uh, Jekko started from the pit lane and did well to get to P8 by the finish. Gasly had a good time of things coming home P4, and there were two retirements, Yuki with a power unit failure and he who shall not be named suffering from a hydraulics issue. Not that anyone cares. Uh, so the question is, who does the track favour historically? Well, based off of the recent running, Mercedes. They qualified and finished 2-3 last year, though the Honda Power Unit looked competitive with both Max and Pierre racing well, and Checo working well to combat his pit lane start. Prior to this, though, Ferrari have a good history on the Dutch sands with eight wins. McLaren have three. Driver-wise, Jim... Can I... Oh, Ellie Mae has a point to chuck in. Can I just say, just to put into context... Ferrari's eight wins, the last one was in 1983. Like, that's 39 years ago. Yes. It, yeah, the, I, like I said, we're going into a, a bit of history with this one. Um, and, I, yeah, very much prior to 2021. It, it, th- 39 years is how long Ferrari need to figure out how to do a strategy that will actually succeed. They've in, since employed Doctor Strange so that he can look through all of the infinite possibilities for what will happen so that he can then still choose the wrong one for them. I think Ferrari should dig out their strategy from the last time they won at Zandvoort and just use that because it... It can't be any worse than what they're going to do. It genuinely couldn't be. But anyway, yes, Ferrari have a good history there. Eight wins, McLaren three. Driver-wise, Jim Clark holds the record with four wins. Jackie Stewart has three, as does Nicky Lauda. James Hunt has two wins as well. So if we're going to be tenuous, you could say this is a strong weekend for McLaren with British drivers doing well. Not to forget Jack Brabham, actually. Aussie drivers also have a decent history. So... What I'm saying is this is good for Lando and Danny Rick as well as McLaren. Ellie Mae, you've got a point. If we're going to be tenuous and Ferrari have the most wins, yes, a Ferrari-powered engine of Alfa Romeo and who, if you take out Max Verstappen because he's actually won a race here, who is the most successful recent driver, most recent driver here? Valtteri Bottas. He won twice in Formula 3. That is a point I did not consider, and it's quite sound. I mean, the Alfa Romeo isn't a terrible car, and yeah, yeah. I wouldn't hate seeing Bottas do well here, that's for certain. It would definitely make it a lot spicier than last time. Yeah. I will also just interject that if anyone listening to this, as soon as it comes out, because there still should be time, wants to get some successful lottery numbers, Ellie May is the person to go to, apparently, because she knows something that the rest of us don't. She's putting out some good predictions. So, yeah, ask Ellie May for lottery numbers. Uh, anything that needs predicting, really. Go. She seems to be the person. We'll, well, we'll find out. Ferrari, what... if you need a strategy. Ellie May. I'm your gal. Yeah, we'll, we'll say that we'll wait until after the race to look at her predictions for it and see how well <laughs> they've come out. But, yes, um, McLaren looks to be historically 
the strongest team to go around the circuit, especially with Australian and British drivers who also go well on the Dutch beaches. So the question is, what weather can we expect? I should probably go and check this because I probably wrote this about three or four weeks in advance. Where is my window with all my Formula One weather on it? Do, 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 do. Here it is. Three or four weeks even for you is a bit ambitious on a weather forecast. It's a bit ambitious, especially because I've got a good track record of predicting the weather with Grand Prix of late. Let's see. Daily... This should update me. I think there'll be a big gust of orange smoke at various degrees of the race. Ooh, ooh, ooh. Okay, Friday, twenty-three degrees Celsius. Most uh, according to this, mostly cloudy and delightful. <laughs> um, that makes me really doubt how accurate this is. Uh, Saturday, twenty-four degrees Celsius, mostly cloudy. Showers around, eighty-five percent chance of rain, and then Sunday, warm with periods of sun and uh, sunny spells. Hang on, why were you so excited then? You went ooh, 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 like it was going to be spicy and there was 5% chance of rain on Saturday. What? Well, quality, 85% chance of rain on Saturday. Oh, 85. 85. I heard 5% no. I was like, dude. 85% <laughs> chance wet quality. The banking... That just, that just means Max will just win from P20 instead. Yeah, but... So it doesn't do anything interesting. Who do we know who's good at qualifying in the wet? Lando Norris. Who historically... Who's not going to win because Max will come onto there. And then it's fine. Who do we know we historically goes well at this circuit? British drivers and McLarens. Alf- Alpha. Or Alpha Romeo. If you're really sticking with this Bottas prediction. It's, it's going to be his delayed birthday It just present. means that we'll have Budapest of last year and Bottas will just bowl into Lando, ruin everything, and Max will still do all right. Don't say that. Anyway, um, yeah, whether we're looking like a, a dry Friday, wet Saturday, and a dry and warm Sunday. Warm conditions, but not scorching. It was pretty hot there last year, which seemed to be causing a few issues tyre-wise. So we'll see how that pans out. And the question is, which on-track battles should we look out for? Uh, my early notes for this say... Bottas v Lando. Bottas v Lando, if, if, we, if our history is uh, to be regarded. Uh, my Lap one, turn one. Lap. Yeah, going side by side through what's it called Tarzan or something, isn't it? Turn one. Yeah. Living up to the name. Yeah, just <laughs> swinging through it. Um. Anyway, yes. <laughs> Getting back to which battles we should look out for. I should have shouldn't have invited you to interject on this section. It's become chaos. Uh, the He's Fer- never going to do it again, is he? <laughs> the Ferrari and Red Bull battle rages on. Although I say rages, it's more a case of Ferrari desperately trying to stay afloat rather than actually fight Red Bull at this point in time. But with speeds around this circuit a lot lower and much of the track being quite technical and challenging, we could see Mercedes back into the mix with this. They won't be relying on the top-end speed, which seemed to be limiting them a little bit. Though uh, my Ferrari doing well on the tight bits of France prediction panned out neatly until Charles Leclerc was thrown into the wall by a sticky throttle pedal, which the team should have fixed. Uh, so provided they don't have any Ferrari-related blunders, Ferrari are my team to watch. Timo, what are you pulling that face for? <laughs> Assuming Ferrari don't make any blunders. Good joke. Yeah, it's a very funny joke, to be fair. They will make blunders. I mean, I don't know, send them out on the last second without chance to warm up some soft tyres, do a qualifying lap. I don't know, they're going to do something Oh, no, stupid. they'll put them on hards for that. That's clearly the superior strategy. Yeah, Q3, stick them out on some hards. I don't know. They'll, I meant the last lap out, of the race. <laughs> they'll go out on softs in the rain. Yeah, they'll do what AlphaTauri usually does and sort of send you out on slicks in the wet. We'll wait and see. Anyway, uh, speaking of all of our silly ideas, it comes to actually predicting stuff with our predictions. So the question is, pole position, Ellie May. I've gone for Charles Leclerc, kind of in the same sentiments that you've said, in that it's a twisty, sort of tight track that's not 
high speeds, which they kind of excel at or have previously. <laughs> so it's getting to that point in the season, seventies and eighties. Yeah, it's getting to that point in the season where we no longer back Ferrari when we predict them to do things like. <laughs> I think Ellie and I are still at both optimistic as Ferrari fans, but at the same time know that whatever we say, it's unlikely. Uh, I've also gone down the same line with my poll prediction of Charles Leclerc. Timo, you've gone for the other side of the coin. Yes, I've accepted fate and written off 2022 completely, and I'm now focusing on 2023 because this is essentially just going to be homage to 2013 tail end now. So Max Verstappen's going to get pole position in his home race, and he's going to do it quite comfortably. Yeah, it makes, Bish, bash, bosh. makes Verstappen lining up to do that Seb Vettel 2013, dominate the second half of the season, not an inch of room for anyone else to really get in there, seems to be your prediction. and is... it, it's, it's, this, it's the real twist for me that he's going to somehow wrap the championship up in India that's got me most interested. That will be interesting. I'm not quite sure how he's going to achieve that, but uh, I'm sure he can. That he'll find a way. I fully believe in him. Life uh, finds a way. Anyway, uh, podiums, Ellie May. Um, so I wrote these after Timo, but already had it in my head what I was going to put. Realised they were the exact same as his, so I had to just kind of change the order a little bit. So I've gone for a Max Verstappen win, George Russell in second, Sergio Perez in third. To be fair, I'll take your podium as well, because my boy George does replace better than he does in my predictions. So I've said Verstappen converts his pole to an easy win, Perez in second, and Russell gets a nice another podium in third. Yeah, I'm looking at my podium predictions and really wondering what sort of Dutch stuff I was smoking when I wrote that one down, because, Jesus... Um, Whatever it is, I'd like some. Yeah, I've gone for... Apparent, I'd say I say this like I'm a third party wrote this. Uh, George Russell win, Charles Leclerc second, Lando Norris third. Um, You're going for the Brit domination, like you have said. It could happen. It really could happen. The Charles Leclerc thing, I think, I'm, is just me being optimistic for a Ferrari. I don't know why Max Verstappen doesn't even feature on the podium. I, yeah, wild prediction. I know. Because imagine my Because of your wild prediction. Yeah. No, no, not even... Oh, Jesse's wild prediction, yes. I was going to go for Bottas into turn one. Yeah, yeah, no, might happen. Just wait and see how we clip this for the uh, Zandvoort review later. But, uh, yeah, speaking of predictions, Timo, you still got your podium, which is a bit like Ellie Mays, but the remix. Or the original. Well, both, and also I already said it. Did you? <laughs> yeah. Yes. Straight away after Ellie May did. Oh. She, she finished, I started speaking, I stopped speaking, and you started speaking, and then we were done with that section. Okay, shows how much attention I've been paying. We'll move on to our fastest lap, and... Uh, Timo, I'll, I'll take this off as we go along. Timo, what, who would you like for your fastest lap? Well, you know, I thought it'd be a bit different with this one. And Oh, wait, no, it's Max Verstappen with fastest lap at his home Grand Prix to get that nice slam dunk that he is going to get. Not too shabby. Ellie Mae, you've gone down the same route. Exactly the same route of Max Verstappen, which, I mean, if your world prediction comes true... Me and Timo well, are, are going to do we are screwed, terrible. But the race will be very interesting and it will be all the better for it. And I think that's a worthy sacrifice that we have just been brave enough to make, Ellie May. I, I think we should get a bonus point for our bravery, really, don't you? Well, I'm scared either way because it's like I've gone It's not quite like you're going to lose first place in the championship. You'd be fine. Well, no, but it's more that it's, I've qu gone quite agreeable with Timo on this one. And That's you have, what's worrying us. Yeah, the track record of you 
and drivers and predictions. The track record isn't... for both of you with predictions and drivers is pretty terrible, which suggests to me that Max Verstappen <laughs> really isn't getting this podium that you really seem to think he is. So if anything, I'm quite which reassured means... by mine. Can I which just means you get back point. up my predictions with saying that they're guaranteed to happen? All you're doing there is just assuring me that Lance Stroll is going to get a race win or something. Then, then I will get very depressed. I mean, speaking of Lance Stroll, or at least Aston Martin with wins, a small win for them would be them finishing ahead of McLaren, which is Ellie Mae's wild prediction. I mean, they did it at Spa. This is true. Both of them. Both of them were ahead of McLaren. Yeah. That's not a fact I needed to be told, Ellie Mae. That's just sad. <laughs> yeah, well, there we go. We might as well end the podcast there. It's it's just depressing <laughs> no now. Point. We no don't need to bother with anything else. Yeah. <laughs> um, so yeah, anyway, and Aston Martin finishes ahead of McLaren. Timo, you've gone equally kind of wacky with it. In fact, we've all gone pretty wacky, but Timo's yours is interesting. Well, I was I was conspiring with Ellie May earlier, and she told me about this whole Bottas theory of hers, and I just thought, you know what? I'm gonna just go along with that. I think and. I'm going to keep it a little wide just in case Joe surprises us. But, you know, I'm going to say that at least one Alfa Romeo finishes higher than Ferrari. And it's going to be Valtteri Bottas, even though he's no, no. in none of our predictions. I was going to, well, yeah, but aside from Jesse's podium, the Ferraris aren't even on there for us. So it should still be possible for Alfa Romeo to do that and it not be too inconceivable. Ferrari aren't on any of our podiums. No, well, well, Jesse's got in... Jesse's got Charles in second for some reason. Oh, you've got Leclerc, sorry. I don't that's going to happen, but, you know, we've all drunk a bit recently. Yeah, unclear quite how Charles Leclerc is going to get a second place on the podium, but yeah, we'll see how it, ha- how it pans out. Uh, my wild prediction, as has already been mentioned, Max Verstappen DNF, if only just to see the atmosphere change. Like, I don't know if there's a reverse function on orange smoke flares, but it'd be really funny to see if there was. Everyone just breathes in at the same time, just in chaos at all. <laughs> yeah. I think they'd, they'd all just leave. They, it'd just be empty stands. It would be. It would be Valtteri Bottas wins a race for Alfa Romeo to a <laughs> no crowd. It'll be, this will be a reference probably only you'll get, Jesse, but the uh, the ostrich from Family Guy is the only thing left in the crowd. They're just <laughs> celebrating with a little flag. Just be there, sort of clapping, going, aha, as Bottas wins the race. That is a really niche reference. Um, but yeah, someone's written after my prediction, why did you wake up and choose violence? I don't know, I wrote that prediction. That was me. Yeah, I wrote that prediction about two, three weeks ago. It was mid-summer break. I thought, oh... Get ahead with getting all at least my like race preview. This, this will be fun for later. I, I today wrote in my predictions for the rest of the season, so have fun with that when you come across. Oh, that's a long range oh, call. No. I know that I've worked as far ahead as America with like my race like last time mm, out there, I noticed. because I wanted to get those sent over to the guest for that. But I didn't even put down my predictions. I just did the last time out bit. I've very much accepted what's happening in the championship and have just decided I'm going to have a little bit of fun. And there's not too much ballsiness in some of them. But I've kept it fresh, I think, so I will see if I stand by them when we get there, but I probably will. Yeah, they Especially just, Abu Dhabi. I just sit down and I'm like, right, where is my intuition taking me? Usually it's wrong, but Abu Dhabi. Jesse's yeah. now looking at Abu Dhabi predictions by oh, me. It'll be, under, it'll be under Brazil review, won't it? 
Mm-hmm. Brazil Grand Prix review. I want. I'm going to read. Get a few more. We're getting a few more minutes out of this podcast because it's a relatively short episode. It, this one at the moment. No, I'm going to read them. Is it Valtteri Bottas wins? No, I'm going to read no. them in my mind, <laughs> and, <laughs> and we'll, I'll watch your reaction and we'll just react. Okay, to his so Timo's pole position goes to uh, his podium, starting in third place. Second place, yeah. First place. Are you sure about that? Fastest lap, yeah, pretty conventional. And then your wild prediction is pretty damn wild. I want to see it happen, but it's pretty damn wild. I want to see it happen as well, especially as last race. Yeah, that'd be exciting. I want to look now. Go and have a look. Don't read <laughs> it out. See, this, gonna... is, this is perfect because everyone listening to this now definitely has to come back for it's... at least that episode. See, that's why I did this because it... Um... Am I going to go mad at your prediction? I don't think Not so. mad. You'll just question what... Why? You'll just question me a little more than normal, which, you know, I'm sure you're more than capable of. I've already questioned this boy a hell of a lot. Um, yeah, not a day goes by without questioning you, so. She, she questioned me so much, she couldn't even say the sentence. Do you know what? <laughs> <laughs> this is leading up to something. I hope so. I had it in my head of your... Winner, kind of mm. Mm. the same. It, yeah, I kind of feel the it'd same. Be, uh, kind of it'd sentiment. be nice. Mm. Yeah, it then kind of leads you on to a, ooh, what's going to happen in 2023? Exactly. That's yeah. it. I'm teeing it up now. I'm clearly already left 2022 firmly behind and I'm focusing fully on next year, like various other teams are doing with their cars. Do you know, I actually think it could be quite sensible. If that's not a bombshell to finish an episode of this, then I don't know what it is. Yeah, anyway, calling Timo's predictions sensible, we better wrap it up here and then. I mean, this might only be a 23-minute long recording, but boy, oh boy, we rattled. We packed a lot of punch into that. We we packed a lot of punch into that. We also front-loaded the Belgian Grand Prix review with a hell of a lot more news than we probably should have done. We should have at least thought I hadn't left something for this preview. To be fair, our previews should be this short normally, I feel like. Minimal news and just get on with it. 25 minutes, in and out, job done. And can I just say, none of us were drinking during this podcast either. This is just us. You didn't see me the rest of the day. Yeah, Timo's been in... It is a bank holiday. He's been enjoying his bank holiday. <laughs> oh, is that the excuse I'm using today? Okay, that's good. Today's assigned excuse. Bank holiday. As opposed to being Irish. <laughs> Obviously, this is an audio-only recording. You can't see the gesture he just made to me on the Zoom call, so... Uh... We'll wrap this up here. Uh, that's all we have time for on this week's episode. Join us again soon when we'll be reviewing the Dutch Grand Prix. Timo, where can the people find you? You can find me over on Is It Fast, where I write a plethora of motorsport articles, as well as on the curbs, where I interview people from across the motorsport world every Friday. There's also a brand new episode of the Nitro RX podcast out, where we chat with Andrew Coley, great chap. Paddock Sorority on Instagram, also where you can find me if you were just really really hankering for that Timo fix which if you're anything like Ellie May and Jesse you just are yeah. I've never watched one oh, <laughs> 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 oh dear <laughs> I can't not laugh at that Anyway, where can the people find you? <laughs> Twitter. 
when you're not decimating Timo's life's work. Here's me being a nice person, reading our key takeaways, thinking, you know, I'll, 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 be, I'll be good, I'll read these, they'll be somewhat interesting. Maybe I'll throw a bone to her occasionally, but you know what, never mind. It's, it's all about playing it forward, you know, so you get kindness in return. And, you know, I'm glad at least I get that from Jesse on occasion, you know. It's it's nice to see that pass forward by at least someone who's appreciative of, of kindness and basic decency in life. I'm crying. <laughs> <laughs> anyway, seems to be incapable of speech, but that's fine. You can find her on our Instagram page, where every now and then she writes her key takeaways from race weekends, as well as where she edits our TikTok account and posts all the good video content you can find on there. And in the meantime, if you want more of me, uh, you can find me over on Instagram, Twitter, and in also Classic Car Weekly, where I do driving old cars and go to events that I'm paid to go to. I think I've got a good revival is next on my list for that. So uh, expect fun things from that. In the meantime, I'm going to get some aloe vera for Timo's burn and wait for Ellie Mae to stop laughing at her own joke. Thank you very much for listening and join us again for our review of the Dutch Grand Prix. When you listen back to my recording, you're just going to hear me dying. Oh my god. Oh my days. I didn't even think it was that funny, but you set me off and now I can't stop.